Good morning, church. So we're having two sermons this morning. Yeah! No? Oh, man. I thought for sure. We are doing things a little bit different this morning. Uh, you, you can see that just walking in. If you're a regular here, if you're our guest, we are so thrilled that you would spend this morning with us. We, we do believe that the message that we have is worth hearing. And, and not only that, it's a message that changed the world forever. Uh, and, and it's not because I'm preaching it, that's for sure. It's because of what Jesus has done, what God has done through him. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. It's going to be really important to us. Uh, we are a church that values the gospel, and, and you're going to hear it. A couple of things, a couple of housekeeping items uh, for you. We will not have a shepherd's prayer today. We typically have a shepherd's prayer where they get up. But what we've done this week, because we knew that the way that we'd switch things around, it just wasn't fitting, what we're doing is we've made sure that it's going to be in the app before you leave today. So all the prayer requests are available for you. Just look in there. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to talk to one of the elders. Call the office, uh, and we'll answer your questions as best we can. Uh, but we want to make that available to you and want to make sure that you know where those are at uh, if you're looking for them. The second thing is that you've noticed that we're not having Kingdom Club this morning, and so these won't be full-length sermons, so there you go, they're, they're about half-length apiece, but we have provided some coloring sheets. Uh, our children's minister, Logan Ritchie, has put some together at the back, and Rick is handing them out, so if, you've got, <laughs> yeah. so if, you, have, if you need those, we've got those available for you, and that'll be uh, those are back there. What we're doing here in just a little bit, we believe is going to be pretty memorable, uh, and so we want our kids to participate in it, but you'll hear more about that in a minute. I've been preaching a four-week series on four habits of Jesus. We started week one by talking about how Jesus would go off and pray alone, and that was just a foundational habit that he had. He would go and be alone with God, and the things that happened after that were usually pretty significant. The second thing that we talked about was Jesus had this habit of going and receiving hospitality, which is a weird statement, and I know it, but it's the truth. You read the Gospels, you keep seeing Jesus showing up at people's homes. And so we talked about that a little bit. Last week, we talked about how Jesus had a habit of teaching people, and that's probably a habit that we should have, uh, but there's probably a right way and a wrong way to do that, so we talked through some of that. The fourth habit that we're going to talk about is the most important one. And it is that Jesus redeems. Jesus redeems. I was thinking about this word redeems. We sing a lot of songs about redeeming, but it's not a word we use a whole lot. And redeem means to set free. To set free. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, Jesus is beginning his ministry. He's beginning his time on earth where he is going to go and be this significant teacher and the first thing he does is he goes into a synagogue in Nazareth. And starting in chapter 4, verse 15, Jesus stood up to read. And he read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's not a random passage. He picked this passage out of Isaiah in particular. And in verse 21, he says this. He says, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. 
Jesus' whole ministry was about redeeming people. His entire ministry was about redeeming people. We think of the stories of Jesus and it's very evident to us. In John chapter 4, he encounters this Samaritan woman at a well. This woman who has this checkered past, to say the least. And Jesus, through his conversation with her, offers her living water and sets her free from her past. It's a beautiful story. In John chapter 8, Jesus encounters this woman who is caught in the act of adultery. That is an awful situation. Jesus is not condoning that situation at all. But these people bring her to him and say, you throw the first stone. And Jesus' response is, let him who is without sin throw the first stone. And she is set free from her sins, told to go and sin no more. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus encounters this dad who is overwhelmed with the fact that his son is possessed. And that's no minor issue. This son has something seriously wrong with him. And in Luke chapter 9, Jesus goes up to this dad, goes up to this son, and sets him free from the things that are weighing him down. Luke chapter 19, a passage we looked at a couple weeks ago, Jesus goes to this little town, And Zacchaeus is this little guy that climbs up in a tree looking for Jesus. And Jesus walks right up to him and says, I'm coming to your house. He goes to his house, and by the end of the the story, he is a son of Abraham. He is a child of Abraham. Zacchaeus is set free from who he was, the whole identity that he had. Jesus continues to set people free. And we know this best of all because the greatest act of redemption took place on the cross. It's a once and all, a once and for all act of redemption. It's a setting of people free on a cosmic scale. It's how in Colossians chapter 2, Paul can say this, when you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Church, I've got great news for us. It is as a result of the cross that we are redeemed. Jesus took our sins upon himself and separated them from us. When God looks at us, he does not see our sin. He set us free from our sins. And so this morning, as every Sunday morning we do, we come together to proclaim that. We come together to proclaim that Jesus has freed us from our sins. We come together to proclaim not that we are good enough, but that the death of Jesus redeems us. We take the bread and the cup as our way of remembering him. We do this every week, and it's because this story is so significant. This story changes us. 
What we've done this morning is we've set up tables around the room for you. We've set up a table in the back over there and in the back over there. And we're going to invite you, after I pray, to come to those tables and take the bread and the cup to remember his sacrifice for us. We've done that many times. We also have something else that we want to do this morning. It's something that's a little strange for us, but I think it's going to be meaningful. Once you've taken communion this morning, we'd like for you to come up on stage. We put this cross together this week. It's a simple cross, uh, and it's got chicken wire. We've got all these flowers up here, and we would, we're asking you uh, to take a flower and place it on the cross as a way of thanking God for what Jesus has done. We remember the cross, we see the cross, and it has tremendous value for us. We know that this is out of the ordinary, but it's a symbolic way for us as redeemed people to thank him for redeeming us. So I'm going to offer a prayer. I'm going to invite you to go to the back and receive communion and then come up on stage. We do, the kids are welcome to participate in this as well. God, we thank you for redeeming us in Jesus. He took our sins from us, and we are so grateful. Be with us as we remember him. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Take this time to receive communion and place your flower on the cross. The good news of this morning is that as great as what happened on the cross is, that is only half the story. What happened on the cross redeems us, and that cannot be overlooked. It can't be swiped and pushed away. It's not minimized in any way, but it's not the full story. On a day like today, maybe a little warmer than today, but on a day like today, Two Marys went to a tomb. They went to go see if they could take care of the body of Jesus, only to find that it was no longer there. Peter and John didn't believe their story, so Peter and John ran to the tomb to see if the body was there, and they found the same thing. The stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. The grave could not hold Jesus down. Christ is not dead. He is living. This cross this morning, the reason we did this is in part to thank God for our redemption. That's something that we're always going to be grateful for. But there's another thing that we can learn from this. Out of death comes life. Out of death comes life. So why is the resurrection important? That's the question for now. That's the question that we need to ponder. Christ is not dead. He is risen. Why does that matter? It matters because the, this is the symbol. This is the sign that the kingdom of God has come. Out of despair, out of death comes life. 
Jesus taught His disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is here. But, it's only partially here. We have this dilemma that we live in this already but not yet time. The kingdom of God is already here, but it's not yet fully here. Our experience teaches us this. How can we say that the kingdom of God is here when we still have people with cancer and it takes lives and it hurts and it's hard? How can we say that the kingdom of God is here when, when this past year I had to go to a funeral for a baby that lived 30 minutes and they didn't see it coming? How, how can we say that the kingdom of God is here? How can we say that the kingdom of God is here if marriages are falling apart and there's nothing that can be done, it seems? I struggled with my own experience. Like, how can I say the kingdom of God is here? We're doing foster care, and we're, we're loving on these kids, and we're doing our best, but it's exposing the brokenness in their lives and the brokenness in us. How can I say that the kingdom of God is here? say it because it's also breaking through. And we see it. We see that Jesus still redeems. A wise man once said that there is no saint without a past and no sinner without a future. Someone I know, I talked to him this morning, is an alcoholic and has been sober for 37 years. The kingdom of God is breaking through in his life, and in the lives of people he's touching. Marriage that I was familiar with was on the brink of divorce with lawyers already involved, signing paperwork, the kids were in the middle, things were going really bad, and today that husband and wife are together and stronger than ever because the kingdom of God is breaking through. An unexpected heart murmur showed that someone was barely clinging to life. There wasn't much hope, Seemed like death was imminent. They're filling out wills and making sure everything was in place. And they're here, healthy, and following Jesus because the kingdom of God is breaking through. No situation is so dire that Jesus cannot redeem it. No person is so broken or so sinful or so evil that Jesus cannot redeem them. When Jesus rose from the grave, when He defeated death, He inaugurated a kingdom that we are a part of today. And we get to see glimpses of this all around us. And there's a day coming when the kingdom will be fully here. We need to know that there is a day when Jesus will return just as He promised. He says He's coming back and we believe that. We will see Him face to face as you see me this morning. All that is broken, including us, will be renewed, will be redeemed, and God will be all in all. That's why the resurrection matters. 
Because the kingdom of God is breaking through and it's going to fully break through for us. But for now, we wait. Not passively, because we know that the kingdom is partially here. The kingdom is here. We look for where God is at work, where Jesus is redeeming the world around us, and we celebrate in that redemption because God's kingdom is coming. Jesus redeems. And we are the redeemed children of God. We are part of his kingdom. And we recognize Jesus as our king. That's good news. Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father God, we thank you for your son Jesus who redeems us. We thank you for loving us. And today we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus. We anticipate his return. And we look forward to the kingdom being fully here. Help us to have eyes to see where it is already. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to come up and take pictures with the cross, you're welcome to. Uh, Otherwise, you're dismissed.